0: Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet, bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Hey guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week on the show, Philadelphia Eagles punter, Aaron Sipos. Aaron's a former AFL player with the St. Kilda Footy Club. He played there from 2011 to 2015. Did some incredible things, but uh, unfortunately was let go of his contract. He played a couple years with Williamstown before he then decided to try his hand out playing some NFL. I'm not a massive, knowledgeable man into, into NFL. I don't know a lot about it, but I've always really... Respected guys that have been able to go over there and transition from football, soccer, rugby, to then go and, and play in the NFL. It's it's pretty incredible. And I never actually realized how many people um, oh, I'm from Australia love NFL. And um, I've always wanted to have Aaron on the show. He's, he's an incredible guy. And um, I think it shows a lot of courage to be able to go and try something out at first hand when you've absolutely no idea what you're doing. For those that remember Aaron's AFL career, he was an unbelievable kick, like one of the most beautiful kicks I've seen. And I'm I'm not surprised he's been able to make the transition over to to punting. And and he debuted a couple of weeks ago, which was unbelievable. Um, And yeah, it's it's pretty incredible to see someone be able to do that and, and pick it up so seamlessly. But I suppose I wanted to chat to him about how it worked, how his career Finished what he learned from it, going into the real world and then going into punting, going into the college system in America, which he's got some pretty crazy stories of, of what it's like and the culture shock that he saw um, and then going into NFL, what's it like over there with the culture change of clubs? Um, obviously, the list size is so much bigger, so many guys there that you know they're from all over America with such different beliefs. So, what it was, what it was like for him, and and then I suppose the art of punting as well. Um, coming into this chat, I thought it was literally the biggest kick is is the best punter, but. Yeah, it's definitely not the case. There's so many little in intricacies into into being able to punt really well and um, that he's doing incredibly. So can't wait for you to hear this chat. It was super exciting to get Aaron on the show. So pumped that he's, he's made his debut. He's doing awesome things over in the States and hopefully soon when the borders open, uh, I can go over there and, and check it out. But yeah, go Eagles. Also, thank you so much for tuning in. If you love the show, it would be a massive, massive, massive help to Dylan Friends and myself, which is Dylan Friends. So that doesn't make sense, but it would be a massive help if you could please subscribe or follow uh, on any platform that you're listening. If you're on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, um, it helps grow the show so much. It really does pump it up and, and shares it to so many more people. So make sure you subscribe. You also get notifications on when episodes drop. Um, and yeah, we really appreciate it. Let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Many ways I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. Tears, tears, tears.
1: tears.
0: Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the nice. Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my god, I think I'm meditating. How like, do this is am meditating? <laughs> it's like we had a
1: Wu-Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's that. knuckle puck
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> stick. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Aaron Sipos, welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast, my friend. It's an honor to have you on the show and congratulations on your recent debut.
1: Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it
0: how exciting mate it's unbelievable um just a bit of a backstory i suppose we we met like oh fuck it must have been eight years ago now i suppose when you were back at the saints um obviously close friend of ours jackie nunes introduced us and um fuck like i know we're fast forwarding a little bit here but to, to fast forward nine eight nine years to think you're living over in the u.s nfl punter would you ever have thought this was going to happen
1: not in your wildest dreams my friend um you know speaking of those eight years ago running around freaking uh what was it Sorrento Hotel and things like that (laughs) a little bit enjoying our time I don't know maybe a little bit too much but you know um yeah fast forward to kind of eight or nine years and coming over here and thinking that I'll be playing in in a game of NFL football was certainly not something I was thinking of back then but um uh, it, was, it, it was an awesome occasion and, and unbelievable to be able to achieve and hopefully we just kind of continue it
0: um, going forward. Mate, I'm sure we will. It's been, I suppose, a whirlwind. And for me, like, you know, I'm a big supporter of you, but I, I don't really actually understand the NFL as much as some fanatic fans do. And it's, as you know, in Australia these days, every second bloke and is all over the NFL. They think they know everything. One of my mates, Tommy Sheridan, <laughs> thinks he is fucking pretty much in the NFL. He, he just talks about it, doesn't shut up. It's a, it's a very intricate sport though. It's so different to to football, and we'll get into all the all the differences today. But how is it going at the moment? Obviously, you signed with um, Philadelphia, played your first game on the weekend. What's the schedule like, and um, how are you enjoying it thus far?
1: Yeah, look it's uh it's it's been a it's been very enjoyable so far. Obviously, um, been over here for a couple of years and trying to get myself in my foot in the door a little bit, but um finally. I uh, was able to get on Philadelphia's roster and kind of work through the process to try and make the team. I mean, uh, I signed in January, but uh, obviously with no guarantees to be able to kind of make the team and you're kind of going through, uh, you know, six or seven months of, you know, working pretty hard and, you know, obviously kicking a lot and lifting weights and that to make sure you're in, you're in good condition in some sort. Um, obviously, it's a, the conditioning's a little bit different in what it's like in AFL, but, um, you know, obviously trying to make sure you're still in full pretty good going into the the training camp and uh, obviously training camp's a bit of a grind for that 3 or 4 week period. Um uh, obviously again 3 or 4 weeks sounds unbelievable compared to 5 months pre-season in the AFL so I can't really complain too much but um you know it's it's just a different grind mentally you spend you know, long days, you're probably in the building at, you know, 7.30, seven o'clock, 7.30 in the morning, and you're probably not leaving till about nine o'clock at night, you know, 9.30. So they're long days in terms of lots of meetings and practice and that to make sure you're getting things right. And, um, you know, eventually it's obviously kind of worked out at the moment. There's obviously a lot to still get right and, and perform well on a week to week basis, but, um, you know, practice is certainly a lot better right now, I guess. You're trying to get your one or two days off, you know, throughout the week and then kind of build up to prepare to play on, to play on Sunday.
0: Let's go back to go forward because I suppose um, a lot of people would know you're obviously the punter now, you're in the US, you're absolutely dominating. But as we said back in the day, you were playing AFL football. Um, you drafted to the Saints, I think it was pick 75, um, slipped. Uh, definitely slid down there in, in, <laughs> in, the, in the draft take us back to your AFL days um because I remember you started like a house on fire and even when you finished your career like I was really supply, uh, surprised that you were you were let go like what, what are your memories from it what do you take out of the, your time at St Kilda? and do you think maybe that letting go will sort of set you up for success later on
1: yeah I mean it was um you know I, I thoroughly enjoyed my five years there um Were there some tough moments? Yeah, there there really was. Were there some fantastic moments? Absolutely. Um, I met some great people throughout that five year period there. And, um, you know, I did start off, you know, pretty strong. You know, I played five games in my first year and I guess a lot of um, draft, you know, guys that are picked at number 75 probably don't even really play a game. So I guess I'm obviously extremely fortunate to be able to play a few games, but uh, played five in my first year. playing with a team that was coming off two grand final losses so um you know ross the boss was still hanging around there and and throwing his weight around um you know i was very surprised obviously to play those those five games but um you know i thought i played pretty solid football and the rest of the year i had shin splints so kind of injuries kind of riddled the you know the rest of the the first year and um you know obviously second year we had a bit of transition with, with scott waters coming through and um, you know, I think he, I think he did really like me. And uh, I think I played half the season in, in that year, kind of in and out a little bit, but, you know, trying to cement a spot and, uh, you know, played like a, I think I played 16 or so games, maybe a bit more under him, maybe closer to 20. And, uh, you know, I thought things were going going all right, had some challenges along the way with some shoulder injuries and, and things like that. And know, um, in a way, in a way, I guess that probably hurt me a little bit. Um, in terms of those shoulder reconstructions, just not being able to get out of the park as, as much as what you'd like. And, um, you know, obviously you've had your fair share too, so I'm sure you, you understand where I'm coming from a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was one of those things. But uh, it certainly made me kind of grow up and a little bit and realise that, hey, it's, it's not the be-all and end-all. Um, but, you know, as you said, I think it kind of did lead me in a path to kind of, play professionally somewhere else um, and it's and put me in this position today. So, um, yeah, it's some tough moments, some really good moments. I, I met a lot of great people that I'm still friends with right now, which is awesome, but uh, I think I'd certainly take being over here than probably still playing in the AFL, that's for sure.
0: It's unbelievable, isn't it, like to think that you'd be saying that when we grow up and I, I don't want to, you know, talk badly on the AFL at all, but it's sort of every kid's dream is to play AFL, but I think you quickly realise as as soon as you have done it and you've you've had the opportunity and you get over the the hardness of what it was, it really just does just set you up for what's next. Um, you know, you went from Saints to to VFL as well, so you've transitioned back to playing still at the highest highest level you could. I think yeah, did you have two seasons at uh, yeah Williams two Town? seasons at
1: Willie, two seasons at Willie? So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, that was that was some of my most enjoyable football. Actually, going back there and playing VFL and just you know, um, you know, obviously you don't have to take it as seriously while it's still a VFL, but yeah, I, that, that, was, that was fun. That was a lot of fun.
0: What happened um, with the transition then? Obviously, the punting comes along. Like, how did you get announced to this? Like, you were really, you're quite one of the early ones still to go over. I know there's a lot of Australians that are doing punting these days, but how did it um, come into your mindset? Like, I know you're a beautiful kick, you had a booming Um, foot was it just someone saying hey mate you should try this out were you a big fan of the NFL or did you just want to change it up
1: yeah look I was a fan of the NFL uh I enjoyed watching it um you know with the time that we had off I was was a big fan of it um but I just kind of I hadn't really thought about it after I got delisted um at the time I was 22 when I got delisted so I was still trying to um get myself back into the system really and that's why I kind of went and played with Weemstown. Um, you know, a good buddy of mine, Sam Donnell, which I'm sure, you know, was, was down there and, um, got me down there. And yeah, my mindset was still like, Hey, okay. if I, if I have a good season here, maybe I'll get my foot back in the door a little bit and I might be able to, you know, rejuvenate the AFL career. So in that first 12 months at Williamstown, I hadn't even thought about it. I honestly really didn't think about it at all. I just started going to university in that and, and kind of just going, going in that path. And then going into my second year at Williamstown, um, you know, one of the guys that's over here right now, uh, Michael Dixon I'd saw had been going really, really well over here. And a few of the guys were, were playing pretty well. And I thought, well, maybe if they can do it, why can't I? And that's when I really started kind of focusing on it a little bit and, and reading a bit about it to, I got to the point where I, um, Nathan Chapman and, said hey i'm going to come down for a kick and went down to gosh's paddock and it was a bit of a shit show i was like what the fuck have i got myself <laughs> into to be honest but um you know it, obviously it's it's worked out perfectly in the end so uh yeah that's that's a bit of background behind it
0: uh, what was the the impression like i suppose of friends and family teammates when you said you were going to do this like I suppose, looking now, you know, you've, you've done it and it's incredible. But so many people would say, I want to do this, but be scared of what their friends would judge them or think, what the fuck is this bloke doing? Is he having a midlife crisis? Like, I know, <laughs> like, literally when kids did it, you know, when I was thinking, I was like, why the hell is this person actually going to go do this? There's no way that's going to happen. And let alone, like, there is a lot of people that are really successful. With it. Did you have much backlash like that?
1: Yeah, look, I... I- I had a, I had a few guys no doubt like question me whether or not it was a good thing to do. Uh I think my wife even thought it was a bit of a strange thing to do, <laughs> to be honest. She she, she heard me say it, and then she thought, Yeah, 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 all right, go down, you know, go, let's see what you got and da da da. And I go down for a kick and I come back and you go I, I said, Oh, you know, Chappie thinks I can go to a, a really good school and that. And she's like, Oh, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh Chappie calls me a few Few days later and goes to me oh we've we've got auburn university lined up for you if you're serious so i i, I told rachel and she goes you're fucking joking aren't you i said no no we've got something lined up so she was like first of all like probably not uh all for it that's for sure um uh, but yeah i mean there was a few guys that you know thought maybe i was kidding myself maybe a little bit honestly and I even thought that at the same time as I said with the old gosh's paddock you know going down there for a kick and not knowing I was like maybe it's not for me at all but um you know besides that I think once I kind of honed in on it a little bit and and focused on it and got that scholarship I guess to to Auburn University that's kind of where people kind of turned around I think a little bit and were like hey obviously you're really trying to hone in on it and make something out of it so that's where kind of I think most people kind of turn around and say, well, you know, it's a, it's a great effort. So uh, we'll, we'll take it from there.
0: Nathan Chapman from, from pro kick is obviously doing some very good things. I've seen a lot of his work, like a lot, pretty much every punter from Australia goes through him. So big shout out to pro kick. And I suppose if anyone want, does want to look at that, it's, it's where you go. What's the, the art of punting though, mate? Like, I suppose you're, you're, you're an incredible kick when you played footy, you could roost the ball, but it's not all about length, is it? It's not all about being a big kick. It's about placement, hang time. Um, it's you know I've actually tried to kick one of <laughs> these balls as well. Um, I wasn't going to try and go to university over there, but I did try and kick it, and it's it is it is harder than you think. Like it is so fucking tough to kick one of these balls. What is the the idiosyncrasies, I suppose, of of a of a punter?
1: Yeah, I guess besides the I guess the I guess you can call them basics in terms of hang time, distance, and everything like that. It um, you know, we're obviously so equipped with our skill, I guess, from an AFL point of view with kicking, you know, across our body and moving the ball around a lot, you know, while trying to kick the ball and can get pretty creative. And, um, you know, punting, punting is just not like that. I mean, it's actually really kind of, you know, straight and narrow to the point, um, got to keep everything aligned or else you're going to have a tough time trying to kick that ball, especially a spiral. Cause. Um, the thing, the ball is so much smaller, I guess, than, than the AFL ball. There's not as much kind of sweet spot. So, you know, you're going to have to really be on your game with it all, um, in terms of getting that right. But yeah, you know, the mechanics is obviously, you know, um, you know, you can't have the ball kind of, you know, nose up like this, I guess it's gonna has to be a little bit like flat like that. So you kind of hit the middle of it, uh, I guess, to kind of get really specific about it. And then obviously being left or right footed, you're going to have to put it like over that leg genuinely and and drive through pretty straight because if you don't, then you're in a little bit of trouble, obviously hitting it too far inside or hitting it too far outside and the ball travels 20 yards and then you're out of a job. So that's kind of that's kind of how it works. But I guess, yeah, they're, they're kind of the fine-tuned skills that kind of go with it to um, make sure you're able to
0: execute. It's nothing really like hitting a, a, a torp of a Sharon either. It's a total different kick, isn't
1: it? Not at all. It's way different. As I said, the the, the Sharon gives you so much more room to be able to do it, and you kind of get away with it a lot more and stuff. But uh, yeah, totally, totally different.
0: There's a few guys that I've even um, you know seen and known that have gone over, and they're not even big kicks either. Like I've been like, how the hell? Like this isn't. It's got nothing to do with really being a big kick. I suppose that's just a bonus with it all. So. Talk us uh, through the college. You obviously said Auburn was lined up. You head over there. Now that's in Alabama. I've never been to Alabama, but from what I know, that's quite like a countryish sort of place. <laughs> like, what, what was it like going to uni over there?
1: I recommend not bothering at all. Let's just okay. say, come over to if you come over to the United States, just don't worry about Alabama. Do not put it on the list. It'll be okay. What, so, what um, did you? What was it like? Oh, look. To be to be honest, me being in a in a college town probably probably definitely helped. Um, you know that where I went, where I went to university, Auburn university it was quite, it was quite a beautiful town to be honest. It was, it was really nice to be there, but um, I would say if you start traveling outside of that area, there's probably not much to see, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, you know, if you have it, if you have a, if we, I guess for us in Australia, we obviously have this uh, stereotype of Alabama people and it's, it was pretty close. Oh, that's yeah. all I can say. So, uh, you know, real kind of redneck and oh, just yeah. I mean, guys wearing overalls with with you know boots and stuff like country boots, and that was it was pretty crazy to see. So, um, definitely got a, a bit of an idea about how it works down the south, and what I didn't realize is that there's a south and then there's a deep south. And deep south is obviously the Alabama, Louisiana, like that type of stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of all new to me. So um it was interesting, but uh I certainly look, I had certainly enjoyed my my time there. Um, you know, being in that area. And obviously, you know, from a football point of view, it was absolutely insane. If you do get a, if you do get a chance to come over here and you do want to go watch some like SEC football and be part of that, then I do recommend that because that's going to be one of the better days you'll ever experience. That's for sure.
0: Is that with like the the tailgating, I think it's called at the games. And Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right.
1: They certainly know how to do the old tailgating and, and, uh, set up massive marquees and that just full of beer and food catering all coming in and um, they certainly make a day of it I we played a few like 11 o'clock games here and those people I think were out at 7am just drinking bud lights like you wouldn't believe so that they certainly set themselves up for the occasion and it's uh it's quite an atmosphere so it's pretty cool
0: so are you guys like that are playing college football you're obviously are you studying as well at this stage
1: yeah yeah I'm doing I was studying as well at that stage uh doing my uh, teaching degree so I started that in at home in Australia and then just kind of transferred that over over here
0: and are you like rock stars at this college like do people know exactly who's playing in the team um, obviously you've got a massive fan bases. like that. some of these college games that I've seen like are unbelievable how much the the community like gets around them. Do, do people know exactly who's playing in the team like would you be noticed going and walking around college campus?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of hard not to. Um you know, most of the guys, you know, most of the guys do like kind of wearing their football gear around anyway, so they make sure that they stand out, I yeah. guess. So <laughs> you know, good for them whatever they whatever they want to do, that that's fine, but um, you know, for the, obviously, you know, the biggest with I think the you know the hardest person that kind of has to walk around school, and that's obviously the quarterback. They're the rock star. You know, they obviously uh, you know play every single down and everything like that. Everyone knows their name and and all that. So they probably find it hard. For me, it was a little bit different. I think I was able to kind of cruise around and not not have to be be seen too much, which was kind of nice. Um, I don't really. You know, didn't really want to bother with it too much. But, you know, kids that go to school there and everything like that, absolutely, they'll know almost every player on that team and will be making sure that they probably try and get into a couple of classes with them too to try and, you know, get close to them and say, hey, you know, what's up? How are you doing? Like, try and get close. So it's a bit of that going on. But, um, yeah, certainly the boys make the most of the occasion too and make sure they're wearing all the gear to make sure that they stand (laughs) out as well. So, you know, give or take.
0: What's the most pinch yourself moment going over there early days when you just think, "What the fuck is this actually happening?" Like, is it just a setup of the college US? Is it like you said, the everyone actually knows who you are at school? Is it certain things like watching the quarterback walk around getting absolutely mugged? Like, was there any moment that sticks out? You just been like, "Fucking hell, what's going on?"
1: I think I think for me, it was probably my first game. Like, I. You know, I I played in in some, you know, some games with crowds and that back home. Like, you know, every time you play Collingwood and that, obviously, you know, you get a decent crowd. And you know, I I played them, you know, in the grand final rematch. I guess they like to say, Um, and there was probably sixty-five thousand at that game, and you know, it was probably the biggest one that I'd been a part of. Uh, but I go into this first college game ever and it's at an NFL stadium at Mercedes Benz in Atlanta, which was obviously incredible. And then on top of that, every seat's full and there's 85,000 people in the stands just, just watching this game. And you look back and go, Oh my, like, this is actually real to start off with. But at the same time, they, these like these guys that are on the field are, are 18, 19 years of age, and you've got 80,000 people in the stands as if it's a professional football game. Like, I was just absolutely amazed by the occasion. And then when you go out there from a personal point of view for your first kick, I was nervous as shit. I mean, I I thought I'd got through all the nerves and that before, but when you never actually done it in a game situation, you're just like, holy shit, I better not fuck this up or else I'm in, I'm in a little bit of trouble here. So uh, I, I definitely think the first game and having that kind of crowd was, uh, was pretty amazing. And then our first home game against an SEC opponent, um, which happened to be LSU, uh, that was that was mind-blowing, absolutely
0: mind-blowing. It's incredible with the, the, the college sport, you know, how much they build these these guys up that are playing. Like, uh, as I said earlier, I don't watch a lot, but I remember Johnny Menzel coming through that year when he, you know, won the Heisman Trophy as like a freshman and I knew who he was. I didn't even really watch the sport and it's just like that's how that's how big he is. You got like Drake writing songs about him. So true. I mean it's on
1: ESPN yeah. all the fucking time. Like it's just it's absolutely mental and as I said these kids are like 19, 20 years old and just like meant to just be going to school and like playing like football. It's just it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm.
0: Mate, to sum up the college as well, obviously incredible experience on field. But one thing I've always wanted to know is, is it like it is in the movies? Is there these parties? Did you join a frat? Um, Were you, you know, Gamma Gamma? I personally would want to go there and like join a stomp the yard type operation. Have you ever seen that? I would have loved to have like done that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is unbelievable. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's exactly what it's like in the movies. It's exactly like it. You've got the red yeah. cups flying everywhere. You've got beer pong going on. There's house parties. Um, I mean, the, the, honestly, the shit's insane. Did I get, did I like experience it? Probably not as much as I would have liked to. Um, <laughs> one having the fiance over there may not have helped, you know, we'll keep that low key though. But yeah. uh, <laughs> besides that, yeah, there's, there's some serious, there's some serious partying that goes on there for sure. I mean, I think there was one street there in, in Auburn where like seven houses in a row were all like frat houses. So they would like come together once a month and just the street would be all open. And there's just like thousands and thousands of students just going absolutely nuts. So, um, yeah, seriously, it's it's exactly what it's like in the movies,
0: for sure. Even with sports stars, I was just thinking then, like, obviously, you've got, you know, your basketball teams and all these sort of things. Was there any other athletes or even like fucking entrepreneurs that have come from that college that you were at the same school with. Like, in the US, I feel like every big D1 college has got to have, like, Basketball star, NFL star, and and some guy that's going to invent the next Facebook or yeah,
1: well, um, for us when we had
0: the in Auburn a while ago, we had the guy
1: that kind of started up all, um, what was it, Apple in the end, yeah, like our guy started up Apple, so it was what pretty crazy. We've had, we've had a couple of actresses and shit like that come through, and uh, Cam Newton obviously was a, you know bigger star from a football point of view, but um, for me personally, I didn't I didn't have I don't think I. I've had many kind of um, any of the basketball guys or anything like that kind of come through and and be part of it. So I guess I'm probably, you know, I'm probably the one that's kind of standing out a little bit at the moment, which is kind of nice. But we'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years.
0: Huge. So after college, you're then transitioning into the NFL. Now, forgive me for this. This is very basic, but I don't really understand how the draft works. You, I think you missed out on the draft, but then you were signed up as a free agent with the Detor- uh, Detroit Lions. Because one thing that I think Australians—it's hard to get our head around. I suppose it could have even been hard for you to get your head around. Like, there's no second division of the NFL, is there? So like, you're either drafted on a list, or you're just like training by yourself trying to get on a list.
1: Basically, yeah, basically. So um, the one th- the one thing that I like about the NFL um, is the fact that if you don't get drafted there's still an opportunity for a guy to go make a roster like straight away still. So they still, as I said, I got, I got signed as a, as an undrafted free agent, which still gave me the opportunity to make the roster last year. Um, I guess that's one thing that's different with the eight that's different with the AFL. Like if you don't get drafted where it's like, like, where do I go to? You obviously have to train with the VFL side and play a whole year in the VFL to try and give yourself a shot. So, in terms of instantly getting an opportunity, I think it works. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, if you don't make it, you you essentially, as they like to say over here, you're back on the streets and uh, working by yourself, trying to practice, kick, without getting actual game reps and everything like that, which is obviously super hard to do. So, um, you know, some things are good about it and then some things are pretty tough about it. So, you know, ideally, you want to make the roster because you you get to play and it's easier to, to be able to train in that. That's for sure. What
0: would you learn from that first stint with... Detroit Lions, um, and then a little bit of a word on Detroit as well. I suppose that's another area um, that's synonymously famous with with Eight Mile and Eminem. Would yeah. you learn with that that first stint there? And you were training with, I think, arguably the best NFL punter in Jack Fox. Is that correct?
1: Yep, that's correct. Yeah, I mean, I I, I signed there as I said as, as a free agent, and um, you know the the roster spot was definitely open. Um, you know, Jack and I had a you know genuine competition going into training camp to. Try and you know win the spot. Um, so you know I got an opportunity there to to train and and get myself prepared in that in, in an environment that's uh, obviously very challenging, um, but something that I I think has helped me to get to me where to get to where I am today. Um, and you know that was a that was a great experience for me. I mean, as I said, not many guys get the opportunity to train in an NFL environment. Um, I was on the practice squad, which is essentially an extended version of the rookie list that you have in Australia. That's it's essentially what it is, a practice squad. And um, I was very fortunate to be able to be on that list for the whole year and gain the experience being in the environment, practicing against an actual rush and, and other guys that are in the league. So I'm prepared going into next year. Um, obviously, I didn't win. Yeah, as I said, I didn't win the job. Um, But Jack and I had, as I said, a a really, really good competition. I think it was pretty close in the end, obviously enough for them to keep me around on the practice squad. And Jack had an incredible year. I mean, he was the uh, pro baller obviously last year as as basically a rookie. Um, He was coming into his second year, but he kind of was a similar position to me where he didn't play in his first year. Um, So he was kind of out of the system and then back in towards the end. So he had a great year and and did really, really well. And I learned a lot. And I guess us having that close, you know, competition kind of put me on the path to get to the Eagles. And I, I think I have him to thank, to be honest, because he made me a better punter as well.
0: Well, it's like that, isn't it? Like as a young bloke, I remember thinking, you know, you want to go to like the worst team because you think you'll get a game. But realistically, if you go and train with like the best players, the best team, you're just going to make it better yourself. And it sounds like that's exactly what's happened there. So, You alluded to earlier, like when you're not on a list, they refer that to being back on the streets and that's, you know, like doing, you know, honing in your own craft. I assume you're probably working as well. Did you, you had a year out in between these. So were you on this, like you were back working and and honing in your craft or was it straight to Philly?
1: Yeah, no, I was lucky enough actually to, uh, when the season finished in Detroit, um, I uh, signed as uh, I signed a futures deal, as they say over here. So I get that's yeah. essentially no guarantee to make the team, but you'll be part of. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles throughout their off-season program Um, so I was fortunate enough to sign with them uh, in the middle of January so literally the season finished on like the 9th of January and I signed with Philadelphia on like the 13th of January so uh, I was pretty lucky in that aspect and I had so you know I hadn't Really needed to be on the streets, which was good. So um you know, I had something to kind of look forward to and definitely prepare for um going into kind of the off-season program that they do throughout. You know, starting in May and stuff, which was pretty cool.
0: How's it been? I suppose in at the Philly Eagles now. Um, as you said, you signed on with them. You debuted recently. Um, super exciting time. Like, what's these groups like like you know what it's like being an AFL club you know 44 of the guys on the list you your best mates with 30 of them it's a very close group of um group of people being on an NFL list the, the lists are a lot bigger um do is a camaraderie there like do you know all the teammates is it is it a, is it the similar sort of aspect to what AFL is?
1: Oh, I think in some way some ways it is but in some ways it isn't um you know it sounds like a bit of a silly answer but um, I think you can. I think in terms of relationships, you probably don't have as many, um, just because people play. You know, we obviously have basically forwards, mids, and backs, and we all work together, basically to to you know for a common goal, and you know kind of cross paths a fair bit. Whereas here in the NFL, it's not really the case. Um, you know, obviously with the special teams group that I'm with, I've definitely grown a relate, you know, built a relationship with them and become very close. But probably not as much as, you know, with the offensive guys and the the defensive guys because meeting time and you just don't spend as much time with them as what you do um, in the AFL. So, you know, for in the AFL, we spend basically 10 months together, don't we? Like we eight weeks off essentially, and you're still training with your best buds anyway. Um, but, you know, obviously from November onwards, you know, through to September the next year, you're basically with each other where that's just not the case in the AFL. I mean, you spent, uh, sorry, in the NFL, I should say, you just, you finish the season and everybody goes back to their homes, essentially all over America. Um, you don't see them for four or five months. And then they pop up again in May for, six weeks and then they leave again before training camp starts like that's just literally how it works so a lot of people have you know families are a bit older and stuff like that too so it's a, it's a bit of a different dynamic that's for sure
0: what's the the training like is it is it comparable to to football like you obviously got your gym program you're saying your running program before isn't as much but is it comparable at all in in the strength component or, or how much you're training is it to the highest standard i know that in Australia, we like to pump ourselves up and think that some of our high performance is the best in the world. Um, what's it like at, at the NFL? Well,
1: I'll, I'll get this one off straight away. Is that the from a running point of view? I've gone from doing a shit ton to absolutely fucking nothing. So it's pretty damn good. <laughs> I'm not going to complain with that too much. So that's great. Uh, but it's a it's it's very it's very different um, in terms of. You know, again, it comes down to positions. Like, it's crazy. Like, the D linemen and the offensive linemen are these absolute monster men that would be classified, obviously, as overweight, but are absolute bulls. Like, they weigh upwards of probably 140 kilos, honestly, and are just absolute bulls and just bench press freaking 500, like, 400 kilos and stuff like that. Like, it's insane. They're absolute monsters in that. And then you've got the speedier guys like the wide receivers and the and the cornerbacks and that that can run a 4.3 40 yard dash and they're lightning fast. And then like, we don't, I don't know how many guys are like that in the AFL. Like, I don't think there's many guys that have genuine speed but can just go all day, which none of these guys can do over here. They wouldn't be able to last one quarter in the AFL. There's no doubt, but it's just a different type of training because the NFL is all about explosive plays. So it's just short, sharp, get in there, get out. Whereas obviously our games just a, is an absolute grind. So it's definitely hard to compare. That's that's for sure.
0: So Jordan mulata who might've been one of those guys you were con- confirming to before about, yeah. he's like 160 He was literally kilos. running
1: through my mind as I was saying that, no doubt.
0: He's one of the biggest units I've ever seen. Um, I think he's, yeah, 160 kilos correct me if I'm wrong, but i am pretty sure he signed like a hundred million dollar contract. He's a close. Western Sydney, Australian boy. Um, is there, did he get around you when you got there? Obviously being from Australia as well. Like, And how fucking big is this bloke? Cause I saw him on the news the other night and I was like dumbfounded how big he is. He, he couldn't even get a game of NRL cause he was too big.
1: I know. It's amazing. He, uh he's definitely one of the guys I've, I've, of- um, build a really good relationship with it. Certainly makes it a lot easier having another Australian there. Not for, I guess for myself, but I think for him as well, which is cool. Um, and I, I mean, I mean, it, he's basically he's basically Aaron Sandlands, but just weighs like 40 kilos 50 kilos more and just so much wider that that's based that's basically him he may be a a tad shorter but i mean he yeah i mean he's just an absolute monster it's unbelievable
0: have you had any starstruck moments being over there now like you you know you're an nfl punter but there must be some times where you're, you're out in the pitch and you're like fuck who is that bloke like how am i on the same pitch as these guys you know i was in australia four years ago watching some of these guys on tv
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's happened a fair bit to be honest. And I've I've got a few kind of games coming up in the next few weeks where I think it's going to happen again because I play Patrick Mahomes in three weeks' time, and I play Tom Brady in five weeks' time, and I'm what? just like, oh, <laughs> how the how the fuck am I on the field with like these guys? I mean, they're going to go. I mean, Tom's Tom Brady's going to go down as the greatest of all time. That, that's that's just my personal opinion. I'm sure. A lot of people agree with me, but then, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be not far behind him. And and, I mean, words can't really describe it, to be honest. You know, I mean, I go out there and I just go kick a ball for a little bit. But these guys have just done their thing for so long and um, are absolute stars of the game. It's like absolutely incredible. So I I try and keep it composed as much as possible about it. But uh, in the end, I think a little bit of the kid still comes out, to be honest so it's pretty cool.
0: Mate, you've got to you've got to go up to one of these guys and you would go viral. You should like go up and ask to do like a jumper swap at the end of the game. Like that would seriously that would be the best thing ever. Australia, you would be the most famous man in Australia if you did that. That would go seriously viral. I'm putting that to you. You should 100% try it.
1: Uh, if I could if I could somehow get that and get a photo with them on the field after that, Mate, I think I've made it. Like, I, I, think I've, I think I've made it after that. I might retire after six games. I might.
0: No, mate, you have to do it. You would literally get signed on 10-year deals. I'm not even joking. You'd go absolutely viral. I'm putting it out there. That's a challenge to you. Dylan, friends, first. You've heard it here. We're getting a Tom Brady jersey and we'll share it. It's going to be exciting. Um, mate, obviously one game in, but um, I'm jumping on the, the Eagles, okay? I'm a big supporter now. Um, love the Eagles for a long time. How are we looking for this year? um geez a Super Bowl would be nice but um is it, it like again forgive me for my naivety but is the team in that like radar like are you actually at a stage where you want to go for that sort of thing
1: yeah I mean I, I think last year um they had a bit of, bit of a tough year um I think they actually finished last in their division so obviously it wasn't a great year at all to be honest but um they've had a, we've had a new coach come in since so this is his first year and Uh, For more reports, a lot of injuries kind of occurred last year as well. And we kind of got everyone healthy at the moment. So obviously better touch wood to make sure that kind of continues. But um, I certainly, you know, obviously it's easy for me to be biased, but I I certainly think that with the players that we've got, um, we can certainly kind of shake things up and give ourselves a good run at obviously making the playoffs and, and seeing how far we can go. So, Um, I think our division, you know, because the way it works, obviously each, you know, division has one kind of champion that gets into the kind of into the playoffs. So um, I guess we're in a good position right now where our division itself isn't very strong. Um, The team that got through through our division last year only won seven games. So it's kind of nice to think that um, you know we're going to be within a shot definitely if we can have everyone healthy and, and play like we did last weekend against Atlanta so it's uh, it's definitely exciting times I'm pretty pumped by it
0: mate what's next for you obviously early in the career uh, dominating at this stage and and hopefully a long prosperous uh, career to come but um, what do you want to get out of the NFL Geez,
1: you've jumped the gun by dominating there. That's that's to start <laughs> off. Here. Let's let's we we'll have to, we'll have, to we'll have to tone it down a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm obviously just trying to take it, you know, week to week, and you know, play good for the team, and, and you know, perform, do my role, to the best of my ability. And um, it's a tough business to be able to be a part of. So you know, you kind of still have to perform and do do very well, or else the reality is that you, you're not going to have one if you if you don't do well. So I'm just looking to obviously. Keep it very simple for myself short term and um, if I can kind of string some together and that that'd be great and you know long long term obviously I'd love to be able to play for seven or eight years and um, you know play till I'm kind of mid-30s and that and go really well there and and kind of set myself up I guess for the rest of my life which would be an incredible achievement considering all the other stuff that I've I've kind of gone through to, to kind of get here and um, you know, ultimately that's that's the long-term goal. But for right now, it's just making sure I, I play really well and give myself every opportunity to, to be able to play as long as I can.
0: I'm sure you will, mate. You've, uh, you've done the hard work and uh, I'm well and truly going to be jumping on that bandwagon. And, and when I get over to the States, I'll be coming to some some Eagles games, that's for sure. Speaking of, of setting yourself up, you, you mentioned that then. But is there there's something with the NFL I'm pretty sure with like games played you play like over 50 games and you you get a retirement scheme is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's something like I think if you play uh like 7 years in the system like you have 7 accredited seasons or something like that then essentially you get the retirement scheme and you kind of look after you for the rest of your life I guess in a way so that's kind of pretty cool to think about but it's certainly something I can't really focus on right now that's for sure no
0: no it's a bonus for the future and I'm sure you'll get there I just remember big Sav Rocker um when I was at Carlton he obviously got that retirement scheme and he was rocking in in his big Dodge uh, you know Chevrolet every day or whatever it was and he was quick to remind us that he he had hit that mark and he was um very happy that would be and- nice to
1: say that
0: May one thing as well, before we let you go, that I love um, about yourself, which has been big, and, and a lot of Australian sports stars that go over to the US, it's quite evident already you've already picked up that US twang a little bit in the voice. This is fucked. <laughs> do, do you reckon that's there? Can you feel it? Has, has anyone else said this? Not in your life. There's no way. I'm not going no, to is- go that far yeah. There's a little bit of Louisiana, Alabama coming out of that.
1: That's the worst. I got a kid. I got a kid on the way too. So if that starts picking that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: just on that too, your, your teammates, the, obviously, the Americans that that follow you, do, do they ask you questions about your old AFL career? Do they follow AFL? Do they know much about it? Are they seen it on on YouTube? I feel like all the US, um, you know, media love to report on it.
1: They love to report on it, but the players in that itself have no idea what it what it's about. Like they don't even want to know. So I can't even like try and explain to them in any way because they just don't give a shit. Really, it's like, oh yeah, that's cool. It's just it's just like it's ridiculous. So it's all the American sports. It's all they care about. Like obviously for us, it's like damn, like NBA, NFL, like hockey, and like nah, they don't give a shit.
0: It's hilarious. Um, we, <laughs> we spoke earlier as well about. Shell shock moments. I'm assuming with these teammates that you have, they would be on some serious pay packets. We spoke earlier about uh Jordan and, and what's he's on. Like what are some of the things you've seen, like cars rocking up, um, outfits that these guys are, are rocking up in? Is it just incredible amount of wealth?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen as many G Wagons in a parking lot in my life, to be honest. It's just insane. I mean, when I was at Detroit, you know, good old Matthew Staber just if he wasn't getting chauffeured by someone, he'd be driving around in his old uh, Royal's Royce. So, you know, just, <laughs> just shit like that is absolutely insane. Like Kenny Golliday, who's at uh, the Giants now, was driving around in the SUV Lamborghini. Like, I don't, I don't even know what they would cost, but it's just absolutely insane. The guy's just... It's like it's like almost if you're driving around in a Range Rover, it's not enough. That's just that's just kind of how it is. So it, it's it's pretty insane.
0: What are you getting around in at the moment?
1: Oh mate, I'm, I'm driving. I'm pretty much driving the equivalent of a Holden over here. It's great fun. I love it. Yeah. The old GMT <laughs> is what they like to call it here, mate. So. <laughs> mate gets me from a to b and that's all that matters we'll, we'll take care of the rest later
0: <laughs> love that mate well, i'm sure you'll be upgrading on that one very soon but i'm um, insane that i yeah, used to drive around the holden commodore so there's nothing wrong with them absolute uh, stalwart of australia absolutely exactly right. right stay classy mate it's been unbelievable having you on the show i honestly cannot thank you enough for your time i know it's the time difference over there has is, is been um pretty weird working it out but i really really appreciate coming on having a chat Cannot wait to see you absolutely dominate the rest of the season. I'm, I'm so wrapped for you. And it's been a yeah, been incredible knowing you from, from back at the beginning to, to where you are now. Um, I'm honestly I'm not really surprised, to be honest, because you always had such an incredible attitude. So I'm absolutely wrapped for you. Looking forward to some awesome things to come, and I'll make sure that we – well, you won't have to make sure on this, but I will be definitely hitting you up when I'm over there for some tickets to, to come to the games. And you'll probably have to block my number, to be honest. <laughs> We'll make it work. Don't worry about that. It's all we're all good. Best of luck, mate, and um, go get a ring and uh, enjoy yourself over there. And and uh, send my love to the family.
1: No worries. I appreciate you having me on, guys. Thank you.
0: If that wasn't enough for you, and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus q and from Patreon members like this. Isn't Philly, is that where all the gangsters are on like the motorbikes and they just like ride around on dirt bikes everywhere? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I've actually seen it firsthand. Like I'm talking hundreds of like and, the, and the, car, the cars can't move like they've literally just stand like either behind them or they just stop the whole time while hundreds of these bikes and that come through that is genuinely true that was on uh that was on the creed i think it was on the creed, creed. News, I think yeah late recently so yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that's that's a true thing. That happens all the time. It's insane.
0: And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends, or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you liked the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.